and welcome to The Turbulent World with James M. Dorsey. I'm your host, James Dorsey. What do a Moroccan arms sales to Ukraine? A transnational Russian-Iranian transit corridor and U.S. assistance in developing a Saudi national strategy have in common. Together with this week's Russian-Iranian financial messaging agreement and Chinese President Xi Jinping's December visit to Saudi Arabia, they are smaller and bigger fragments of a 21st century world order in the making that is likely to be bipolar and populated by multiple middle powers with significant agency and enhanced hedging capabilities. So is the competition between rival US and Chinese technologies for which the jury is still out. For the two likely dominant powers, the United States and China, the building blocks are efforts to line up their ducks in a bipolar world. For Russia, they involve hanging on to its pre-Ukraine war status, in part by deploying its Wagner Group mercenaries to the Sahel, devising ways to circumvent sanctions, and hoping that time will work in its favor in what was supposed to be a blitzkrieg, but has turned into a drawn out slugging match. For the middle powers, the name of the game is carving out their own space leveraging their enhanced influence and seeking advantage where they can. The result is that weaving the 21st century tapestry amounts to a patchwork in which some fragments will have long-term effects while others may not even register as a blip on the radar. Take for example, Morocco's decision to give Ukraine some 20 refurbished Russian-made T-72B battle tanks. The deal made Morocco the first African, if not the first global South nation, to militarily aid Ukraine. The move, almost a year into the Ukraine war, is likely to have been motivated by short-term considerations, including Russia's close ties to Morocco's arch-rival Algeria, and U.S. recognition of Morocco's claim to the formerly Spanish Western Sahara, rather than long-term 21st century world order considerations. Even so, Morocco's breaking ranks with much of the global South serves the U.S. goal of sustaining the current world order, in which it is the top dog, even if its power diminishes. It doesn't fundamentally affect China's goal of rebalancing power in the existing order to ensure that it is bi rather than unipolar. The loser in the deal is Russia, which like Iran wants to see a new world order in which the United States is cut down to size. The tank deal may not be a significant loss for Russia, but it does suggest that horse trading is a critical element in weaving the fabric of a new order. So is mutual interest. Like the arms sale, the agreement between Russia and Iran to create a financial messaging system that would allow their banks to transfer funds between one another and evade sanctions that block their access to the global SWIFT system 
is unlikely to have a major impact on the structure of the new world order. Russian and Iranian efforts to link Europe with the Indian Ocean, centered on 3,000 kilometers of rail and sea and river shipping, are potentially far more significant. The transport corridor would help reshape trade and supply networks in a world that seems set to divvy up into rival blocks. Moreover, it could shield Russia and Iran from US and European sanctions as they forge closer economic ties with fast-growing economies in Asia. Russia and Iran are not just looking at India, which sits at one extreme of the corridor. They also expect to capitalize on their links to China. All three are members of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, or SCO, and China and Iran are close to becoming members of the Russia-dominated Eurasian Economic Union Free Trade Zone. Of a similar potential impact on a future world order is U.S. assistance in Saudi Arabia's development of a first-time-ever long-term vision for the kingdom's national security, an essential building block in Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's effort to modernize his military. Saudi Arabia expects to disclose its strategy later this year. It would codify the kingdom's strategic vision for national security and regional security, according to General Michael Eric Kurila, the top commander of the U.S. forces in the Middle East, who is advising his Saudi counterparts. Shaping Saudi strategy, as well as military modernization, may be the United States' best bet to imbue at least some of its values and complicate the establishment of similar defense ties with China or Russia. Moreover, it would enhance the kingdom's ability to absorb and utilize U.S. weapon systems. The Saudis, under Mohammed bin Salman's leadership, now recognize their deficiencies and seem for the first time determined to address them in partnership with United States and to a degree with United Kingdom, said political military analyst and former Pentagon official Bilal Saab. That will undoubtedly register on the geopolitical chessboard even if small moves also count for something. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Diplomats, policymakers, investors, executives, journalists, and academics listen to my twice-weekly podcast and or read my syndicated newsletter that is republished by media across the globe. Maintaining free distribution ensures that the podcast and newsletter have maximum impact. Paid subscribers help me cover the monthly cost of producing the newsletter and podcast. Please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You can do so by clicking on Substack on the subscription button at www.jamesmdorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options or support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Mideast Soccer. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. Thank you, take care, and best wishes.